1: And welcome to Vavil UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Tyne Warp. Yes, Aaron's not here again, but I have been promised he's back next week. So you're in the hands of me, Harry Roy, for the second time in a row. And I am once again joined by my fellow NUFC Vavil office writer, Dan Wright. We do apologise for being inconsistent with the uploads. We've just been trying to find a gap, really, to record one of these in the last few weeks because there has just been so many games. And as you can predict, they have been typically terrible for us. (laughs) Just to briefly sum up what's happened, we lost 1-0 in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal at the Brentford, a performance that really wound the fan base up. Then we backed it up with a 2-0 defeat in Man, city which we you know we kind of all expected then fair play to the boys we got a very very good nil nil draw with liverpool which i would say we deserved a point and then it all came crashing down again on sunday with a 2-1 defeat to leicester city where we weren't terrible but we just weren't good enough so dan my question to you is how would you summarize those last four games
2: in terms of points from the Premier League games, it's probably one more than I had expected. Yeah. But the big one was Brentford for me. I kind of looked at the next three league games and gone, I can accept getting zero points out of them as long as we, we beat Brentford in the Cup. Uh-huh. So that, that one for me was the big one, biggest game of the season, and we just absolutely bottled it. Well,
1: we bombed it, didn't we? I mean, we went full strength against them. Brentford put a second team out. I mean, they're like surviving Tony and like Brian or Their top players were all rested Thomas Frank prioritised the league. We went down there full strength and got embarrassed. And the only person you can put the blame on there is the manager. There was no real evidence of of tactics at all. I mean, we got the ball up to Wilson and we couldn't do much with it. Yes, it wasn't our day, we missed chances, but you can't really look at that performance and turn around and say that Brentford didn't deserve to win, can you?
2: No, absolutely not. They were by far the better side, really. They looked in control of the game. Like The stats might not tell you... The story looks even, but they just had so much control over the ball. And we were at times running around like we were the lower league side, trying to put a good impression, whereas they had all the control, which against Brentford isn't. A Brentford side that made six changes as well isn't acceptable at all.
1: Well, I mean, the Brentford side that was full strength, that played in the Cub game last night against Tottenham, I would associate that as a bottom-end Premier League side. I think they're a very Mm -hmm. good team, but not a side that's made six changes, has the top scorer on the bench. You're playing a mid-table championship side. And, you know, I'm not going to get hung up on Newcastle. Newcastle don't have a divine right to beat any team. But I expect a full-strength Newcastle United to beat Brentford in any circumstances. So it it wasn't good enough. And you thought, you know, are we going to get a reaction against Man City? Because I don't know whether you've seen it, Dan, but Isaac Hayden put a... Put a post out on Twitter after the game, and he kind of said, "You know, this is not the time to like argue, and you know yeah. we all should be positive and and, and get behind." Mm-hmm. Almost basically saying, "Get off the back of Steve Bruce," which yeah. you know we all know is well liked at the football club. Yeah, you know, there's many reasons why he's well liked. I'm sure the three days a week. Uh, training they allegedly <laughs> do comes down with but I expected a reaction from those players because you know if you're coming yeah. out here and, and kind of having to go at the fans for being you know they have every right to be disappointed losing to a championship team in a cup quarter final I expect those players to go on the pitch and perform for their manager and yeah. Man City w- was a game I mean we expect to lose to Man City no Newcastle fans yeah. going to that game and going you know we're going to win <laughs> I mean before the match I'd look at the odds before the game Newcastle were 14 to 1 to beat Man City. Man City, to beat us 5-0, were 12-1. to If that doesn't yeah. sum up Mike Ashley's tenure and Steve Bruce's reign as Newcastle United boss, I do not know what will. So that, that performance, Dan, what did you think of the game against City? Because it was just a bit of a... I just thought it was a game where we like, we know we're going to lose, keep the score down.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Um, and by the way, the odds were only as bad as 14-1 to because two Man City players tested positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was 25-1 to the day before. Oh, God. It was such a non-event, really, because as soon yeah. as they got went one up, we should have just shook hands and walked off the pitch. Yeah, and it's game over, wasn't it? Because they weren't, didn't come across that bothered to improve their goal difference. We weren't bothered about trying to get back into the game. We were just, oh, don't lose by too many. That's a decent result. And yeah, I suppose it's all right in the grand scheme of things. I was quite worried when Steve Bruce came out in his press conference and said that was the, the reaction he wanted after Brent. Yeah, Bruce, I was know. Just, I just didn't see anything at all from that 90 minutes that told me, oh, these players are right up for it. They're playing for their manager. It was just sort of, oh, yeah, we'll go out there if we we'll hopefully don't get beat by too many, which is never a good attitude. I don't care who you're playing.
1: I mean, Man City, aren't a, a, they're not the team they once were, really. I mean, mm-hmm. the side three years ago, they got like, you know 99 points or 100 points, wherever it was. They were excellent. Yeah. But you know, when we played them, I think they were eight in the table. You know, there's beatable. Like that, yeah. You know, Southampton got a result against them. West Brom got a draw. <laughs> Why can't we go there and, yeah. and get a result? Was it just the attitude of, you know, lads, we are gonna get beat, don't lose by too many? And I, I hate that. And that's not yeah, what this club it. it's not what this club's about. I would it shouldn't ra- be what any club's about no, really no. in football. I would rather us go and lose six one and have a go than just roll over and lose two 0 I don't know about yeah. the same position as. I
2: it. don't know about the the six one sort of thing, <laughs> maybe I, a bit I of think, an over exaggeration. But yeah. I'm just thinking, like you rightly put out, they definitely weren't at their best on the day. Didn't no. have to be, but they weren't. I just put a bit of pressure on you. net. We're going to get beat, but just go out there and put some impression about us on the game. Yeah. Rather than it just being Man City having attacks, and they were so slow in attack, Man City at times, and we'd we'd win the ball back, and it would just go straight back, and it was just. It was a bit like Man City seemed a bit embarrassed, to be honest. They're like, yeah. "What? They've given us the ball back again."
1: <laughs> Our record at the Hard, I, th- I think, speaks for itself. I don't. I'd, I'd, I think the last time we won there was in the Cup, wasn't it? I think twenty fourteen. Yeah. But I mean, that was, that was we good. we didn't get the reaction. I mean, Steve Bristol said we got a reaction against Man City, but we certainly didn't. But you know, credit to the players, we certainly did in the midweek game against Liverpool, where we got yeah. a well deserved point in a game where we looked good we had the perfect balance of, of attack and defence mm-hmm. I just wonder why we couldn't do that against Man City
2: Yeah, I know it's it, the balance that like you said is the important word because you don't want to go toe-to-toe because you will get torn yeah. apart but you want to give something and we we had our moments. if DeAndre Edlin had better end product we could have scored, if Wilson had um, you know, lived up to his usual high standards of finishing we could have got a goal uh Allison had to make a good save but the thing that i could was gonna say is we could have lost that game 2-0 because oh, yeah. liverpool had a few chances Darla was amazing but we wouldn't there wouldn't have been any sort of outrage on twitter or whatever because the performance was there that's yeah, the difference between man City and liverpool sometimes the scoreline can be misleading but the performance was just so much better and it w- it really was nice to see us actually be a bit aggressive because we haven't seen that in a while. I don't think.
1: Fabian Shaw in that game. I mean, as of recent, I would say it's the best we've seen him. I would say mm. for what, three years it's under since the Rafa Benitez days. Really, yeah. I think he's looked very, very good.
2: Well, yeah, he was. He was in a back five, which obviously people. S- it's said that he can't play in a two, but he just he won the ball back that clearance was amazing as well, by the way. Oh and yeah. <laughs> he offers an outlet. We're so slow most of the time bringing the ball out of defence. Like I love Fernandez and Clark, but they they're not that they they haven't got that in their locker. No. If you get Shaw firing and actually defending like a defender him, the passing range he's got could be a really good, really good thing for us.
1: I mean, he's excellent going forward, isn't he? That's what. I, well, I wouldn't say yeah. because oh, he's excellent, but he's, he's good for a centre half. I mean, remember the goal yeah. against Burnley? He scored. Yeah. It was goal of the month, wasn't it? Where he and Cardiff. For- remember that one? Yeah, he drove forward from the from the defence, but it almost just seems like his confidence was just shot So I just I just hope for his sake that he stays in the side because I think the Sells is yeah. going to be back for when when next set of games. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, Sells is our captain, but I wouldn't put Jamal Lascelles. Ahead of Fernandez, Clark, and Shaw in a, in a no, back I five. definitely wouldn't either. No,
2: I wouldn't. But he will definitely come back in. Who do you think he
1: replaces then?
2: I think Fernandez is the one that will definitely stay. Yeah, like one hundred percent. It'll probably be with Steve Bruce. It'll probably be Shaw.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking
2: because he knows he can. he's no he can always trust Kieran Clark. He yeah. hasn't necessarily got that with Shaw. No, well, he hasn't got it because he hasn't been very good.
1: I think what we all wanted after the Liverpool game was a was a win against Leicester. I mean. As yeah. unrealistic as it sounds, I mean it's incredible that <laughs> Newcastle and Leicester are light years yeah. apart from each other nowadays. But you know, Leicester are a team essentially fighting for the league title. It's been it's been a mad season, yeah. And um, it kind of all came crashing down again, didn't it? I mean the performance the performance wasn't bad. I, I can't no. say that we were terrible, but we just weren't good enough to compete with them, were we? There was more structure
2: to it than we usually have. Yeah. In our games, it was... You know what game it reminded me of, actually? Do you remember the Everton game this season where we won
1: 2-1? That's exactly what I was thinking of as well, yeah.
2: It's a very similar game in terms of the stats and how it played out. It's just, in Everton, we got our noses in front Mm -hmm. first. Whereas this one, uh, Leicester had a bit of of quality. um, Maybe if Everton had had the likes of Richarlison and Rodriguez available, that, that would have... The same thing would have happened. But, yeah, it was... It's a hard one because if you're ranking our performances from this season, unfortunately that's near the top, which is <laughs> yeah is ridiculous. But Leicester were better in pretty much every area of the pitch.
1: I mean, I think the the real eye opener for me in that game was how poor our midfielders become. Yeah. I mean, we we're missing Isaac Hayden desperately. Matty Longstaff mm-hmm. was, was brilliant. You know he's coming to the side since we last yeah. you know on this podcast. He was the missing man the last time we mm-hmm. recorded before yeah, Christmas, he but he's he's coming to the side and he's been probably been our best midfielder. But I just think it was mm-hmm. one game too much for him, just because yeah, of definitely. Hayden's suspension and mm-hmm. everything. But and he and Telemans in particular, they just could not get near that midfield. And the difference between Leicester and Newcastle, there wasn't a lot in it. Really, it yeah. was just quality. I mean, the two goals they scored were excellent. Yeah, they were. For Madison's goal, you know, it, it's a simple enough finish, but it's still emphatic. Vardy's, you know, got in the box, he's Meg Fernandez and cut it back and Telemann's finish, you know, you'd, you wouldn't expect any Newcastle player to A, be in the position to score <laughs> and B, actually finish it. Yeah.
2: I think you made a good point about the midfield actually because Matty Longstaff, I think, has looked the real deal in the two games before that. He wasn't awful against, him and neither, him or Sean wasn't awful against yeah. Leicester. They just weren't, anywhere near their quality and Matty, Longstaff and Hayden you'd say is our best two at the minute. Sean's going through a horrible time of it in terms of performances mm-hmm. and we've not seen Shelby, he's been on the bench hasn't he but we haven't seen him so I don't know if he's fully fit or whatever but I don't think he gets in over Matty or Hayden.
1: I mean Shelby's work ethic is is kind of annoying me quite a bit at the minute I think it's, it yeah. is for a lot of Newcastle fans as you know, he's, on his day, Shelby is one of the best midfielders in this country. But it, yeah. it, it's, you don't see it often enough. And in, in the games where you do need to graft, you don't really see it from him. I mean, for, for Leicester's goal, you can kind of see him. Yeah. For their second goal, you kind of see him just jogging back. And it's like, if you, yeah. you know, if that's your man at the end of the day, Tielemans is the player you're going to mark. Mm-hmm. You should be on him.
2: He pulled out of the tackle as well, didn't he? The, yeah, he did, so actually. He pulled his leg away. And it's like, I I don't care how bad. Uh, Longstaff's been recently, but there's not a chance he pulls out of a tackle. No, and you you can't be doing that in in any level of football. It's just not acceptable.
1: I think this whole discussion about Shelby and Lascelles as well kind of leads us onto our our next game coming up on on Saturday evening, stroke afternoon. It's at the FA Cup third round against Arsenal at the Emirates, and a, a tough tie. Which I'm I'm sure yeah. before this podcast comes up, you'll uh, you'll know that we'll have been knocked out by then unless <laughs> something miraculous happens, but. Shelby, I would expect the start. Lacelles I would expect the start. And, and one man who I think we all are really happy to see back is Martin Dubravka as well. So do you think all them three will get a start on Saturday?
2: I start with Dubravka. I think it would be quite a, a wise game to to get him back involved. Yeah. Um, I still think, for mcdonald has got to keep the number one spot in the league. 100%. Like, both agree on that, surely, yeah. Um, but it would be a good... He, he needs minutes in his legs anyway. It's a perfect opportunity to give him back in. And it's not exactly like... You're making a change that is a week to a weaker side. We all no. know how good the Bravka is. Uh, Shelby has been on the bench. I fully expect him to start. We can't, surely can't give Matty another run out. No, and I would keep Sean away for the time being, just because he's not been good enough, quite frankly. And LaCell's well. Has anything been come out from the club? Because obviously he's had long term COVID effect, so he might not be up for it. I don't know.
1: I'm thinking they're gonna try and get him back for for Saturday because he's gonna have to play before yeah. he comes back in in the team. But I think the one good thing is we've not had any injuries ever, bar Ryan Fraser. Yeah. So, but I think it's it's a difficult one on Saturday because yes, Steve Bruce likes to go for a cup. You know, he he's he's done all right in the cups. I mean, yes, he's had very favourable opposition, but this is a difficult game. Yes, Arsenal haven't been great, but they've been mm-hmm. you know they've been much improved recently and will be the big favourites come at the time. It's one of those where, even if you do go full strength, are you going to get anything? Because Tuesday night, I mean, we play on the Saturday, we have a massive game on Tuesday night against Sheffield United, a team that are on two points, that are favourites, by the way, with the bookies to beat us. <laughs> I think that is the biggest game of our season to date yeah. on Tuesday.
2: Well, after the Brentford one, which we yeah. completely bottled. So. <laughs> yeah, for the cup game, it's... I'm usually very much in the camp of it's a cup, play your best players, you never know where the draw might take you. And but for this one I just can't get up for it at all. No. Because I know if we put our best eleven out there, because we're playing one of the supposed top six, Steve Bruce will set us out set us up, sorry, to defend and sit back and they'll they'll score. Mm-hmm. They'll probably beat us two three nil. To be honest, I I think we'll get beat regardless. I wouldn't mind if he rested players for Sheffield United, put it that way.
1: Yeah, I think I think every Newcastle fan would take a defeat in the Cup to beat Sheffield United. It's a really weird game, that one on Tuesday, because it's probably the game that I'm the most nervous for yeah. all season. It feels like a derby game, but I'm not, not going to go to that extremes. <laughs> but it's one of those games where if we lose this game, can Steve Bruce bounce back after that? Can the players bounce back from that? Because whoever loses to that team first, it is going to crush confidence
2: yeah, uh, it's Derby County all over again. It is. Plenty of people have made that comparison, but honestly, I'm not surprised they're the favourites, like you mentioned. Um, oh, that that game is massive. If we lose that, then we are properly in a relegation scrap. At the minute, we've got a bit of a gap where it's like, we're, we're, we're going to be all right, but if we lose that one, I think a lot of heads will go.
1: I mean, it's it's coming down though. the the, the gap between it us is, and yeah. us and eighteenth, I think it was twelve points at one. It's down to eight. We've and got We've got a game in hand. Fulham have got well. a game in hand on us as well. And Fulham looked quite handy and deserved to beat mm-hmm. us before Christmas. So it, whoever does go down, and you know, with me, I'm, I'm a, I think most Newcastle fans are quite defeatist, um, and <laughs> they're actually I'm sure everyone has a bit of a oh my god we're going down meltdown yes. at some point in the season. But it honestly feels like 2016 all over again. Where we've got a very good team, I would say, a, a team that's capable of finishing top 12 mm-hmm. with, with a manager and head coach that I don't have any faith in or any trust in to get us out of this situation. Because yeah. I think if, if we lose on Tuesday night, I don't think Steve Bruce can come back from that. You're at the point of no return then. You know, we've had a tough run as of lately, but, you, you know, you look back at it and go, yes, Brentford, we were yeah. poor. You know, you've lost a man, City. Not the end of the world. You've drew with Liverpool a point you didn't expect to get. Mm-hmm. You've lost to Leicester, another team where you turn around and go, you know, you're not expected to get anything. But losing on Tuesday night would be catastrophic for this football club. Is yeah. that an overreaction?
2: It's not an over. Well, it might be hist- histrionics.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but with Bruce, it's like you say, oh, there's no coming back. But could you honestly see him getting the sack, even if we lose on Tuesday?
1: I think if Mike Ashley's asset was in danger of getting relegated, I think he would sack him. We're going to touch on the January transfer window, but it looks like we're going to be at least bringing in at least one player from Manchester United. And a lot of that is down to Steve Bruce's good relationship with the club. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Bruce will go anywhere. But if we have a run in January where we lose a pile of games, because we are coming up to that second half of the season where we are going to be playing, you know, Leeds, Crystal Palace, yeah. Fulham's, we're going to be playing those teams again. The results where you've got to look at and, and take three points. Mm-hmm. And I just think the Sheffield United game is such a poisonous matchup where if we don't win, yeah. it, it could be terrible.
2: My only worry is like the I I don't think you will say we lose two nil Sheffield United. I don't think he'll go because no. Mike Ashley's proven that he is not a football man. He will look at the table and go, "Oh well, we're five points clear. What, what's everyone going on about?" Yeah. But us football fans who watch it every week, we know we're deep in trouble. Yeah. But he he won't see it. So he he Bruce won't go until we're five points adrift, let alone five points clear.
1: Well, he done that. He's always been very fair with managers, has not he? I mean, Alan Pardew, he give him. Ample amount of time, and it literally mm-hmm. took Crystal Palace to pay his compensation fee for him to leave. <laughs> I think the only manager who's ever ruthless with was, was Sam Aldice, wasn't it? Got rid of got yeah. rid of him after a few months. But I think back then it was like, oh no, I've just bought the football club, I am yeah. going to try and hit the ground running. But the way he's changed, um, the way he, you know, the way he's acts now, was owning the football club is totally different to what it was ten years ago. Yeah. McLaren. You know, didn't get sacked till April, was it? March, April time. It Was
2: March? Yeah, I think I remember it was after we lost to Bournemouth three one.
1: Yeah, that was a terrible game. I was that there. was oh,
2: that was that was
1: awful. Bruce is well liked. Uh, I think I, mean, I think I'm pretty safe in saying he's he's the lowest paid manager in the Premier League. That Don't quote me about in that. Right, yeah. But I, I know he's six. He's paid six times less than Benitez. So I'm sure yeah. will will like that. And I think for everyone involved in this football club, this year is all about getting this takeover. Over the line, yeah. and we can say that there has been a little bit of a bit of a glimmer of hope. Maybe a, a door <laughs> has been ajar, should we say, with the everything going on. With, you know, as as we speak at the minute, the Premier League are currently engaged in a legal battle with Mike Ashley's legal team. You know, we're not going to hear the conclusion of that. We might never hear the conclusion of that. We don't know. <laughs> but um, one of the big disputes about the takeover was the uh, involvement of Saudi Arabia and the obviously the television rights of the Premier League. B-in-sports who are owned by the state of Qatar. Big political feud between the two countries. Saudi Arabia actually banned B-in-sports from being shown in Saudi Arabia because of their, you know, the Qatari links. So it means that no Premier League football can be watched legally in that country, which you can see is is a big issue because if Newcastle do get bought by, you know, the Saudis, how can those people watch, you know, (laughs) a team they'll probably all adopt? So you can see the argument. But as of recent... Saudi and Qatar seem to have made up and and put let bygones be bygones really, and they're kind of mates again. There's a, a video I seen yesterday of Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, greeting the Qatar Prime Minister or wherever he's called, and um you know they they're kind of dropping all their like legal issues it seems to now, and a lot of Newcastle fans are hoping that they they're, they're going to um let being sport to be shown in Saudi, which you know could be a, a huge hurdle out of the way in terms of the takeover. Mm-hmm. If that does happen, then I can't see an, an avenue now for this takeover to not happen.
2: Wow, that's that's pretty positive.
1: I know. Um,
2: I'll be I'll be completely honest. I've sort of avoided like the plague any stories about takeovers I don't blame because you. not that I don't want I'd love it to happen. It's just I don't think it's particularly healthy to keep monitoring or no. searching the NUFc takeover hashtag. Like I'm sure <laughs> we've all done millions of times since April, but it, it sounds. It's either irrelevant or really positive. That's it's the thing, not, isn't it? It's not yeah. negative. No
1: one knows what's yeah. going on.
2: I think the main thing will be if Nick DeMarco and his team can do something and take them to court or whatever. I like the fact that it's quiet about it because I don't want people leaking stuff. I just want no. to know when it's done and then I can get the cans out and have a good time.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a lot more positive than it was. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. the worry for me, I mean, Back in April time, when we all thought this was going to sail through in two weeks, and then yeah. all this stuff come out about being sports and piracy, which you know, it's because the story is that you know Saudi Arabia set up a pirate TV station called Be out Q, <laughs> which you know, if you beat in, and then they that's went quality, beat that, out. Like. I mean, it's,
2: it's <laughs> that's it's, so petty.
1: Oh, it's petty, but I mean, it could cost them the football club at the end of the day. Yeah, it. Um, I mean, I was, you know, I'm not an expert on the, on the situation, but you know at the end of the day it does sound like the bean Sports have lost millions of pounds because yeah. with with the piracy and you know it's it's not good for them it's not good for the premier league to have that image of you know letting the people that have stole intellectual property from them own a football club in in the very league mm-hmm. so i do yeah. get the argument i did try and chase it up with uh, someone who works at Bean Sports during my uh, summer of boredom, I, I, I tried to get in, I did try to get an interview with the alleged person. I'll not say the name, but you know who you are if you're listening. And uh, he wouldn't give me an interview, but he did send me um, huge documents. Fair play on, on everything that's gone on with the piracy and how it's impacted the business. And it is a really interesting read. And it kind of changes your opinion on the Saudis. Kind of thinking yeah. like you know, uh, you know, are these the people you want to own your football club? I mean, I think they'll do wonders for this club. Not just yeah. because they're very rich, I mean, every football club wants their football club to be successful and win trophies. Mm-hmm. It's the only way, I would say, nowadays, for an avenue for Newcastle to break at the top six, is to have a very, very rich owner.
2: The impact it could have, potentially, on the city as well would be fantastic. And it just, a great thing seems to have been snatched away, but hopefully, hopefully they're still at the table. Hopefully they're still at the table.
1: Well, I still think they are, but it's, for me, it was just, is this the one that got away? you've been promised, like, was it Pochettino was coming in as manager? Yeah. We're going after, I think it was Immobile at Lazio. We're going after all these players. We're going to, you know, we're not going to be fighting relegation once again. And of course the city and everyone got very, very excited. I always kind of waved caution of like, you know, this is Newcastle. What can go wrong will go wrong. And and albeit it did. But this year is just such a huge year for the takeover. So Dan, I'm going to put the onus on you now. Is it going to happen? Yes or no? Oh,
2: God. Um, I'm going to say yes, because we've got to have some hope, because yeah. what we're watching at the minute, and the prospect of it doesn't happen, is absolutely rank, uh-huh. quite frankly. Definitely. <laughs> so I'm going to try and cheer myself up a bit and say yes, it will happen. But what? I'm not. I'm maybe not quite as confident as you.
1: No, I'm just trying to stay as confident as, as ever. With No, that's with, admirable. <laughs> another thing I will have to get your prediction on is the... Um, the two games we've got coming up against Arsenal and Sheffield United right. uh, before we move on to the, the January transfer window, which I love right. very much.
2: For Arsenal, we'll lose that game 3-0. And for Sheffield United, ugh, we're going to lose it 1-0. Gosh. It's Derby County all over again. Oh, we
1: just are. I know. I think we'll lose to Arsenal 3-0, like you said. I, I think there won't even be a contest. Sheffield United, that is... Oh, the thing is, that we should win. We should. We should. Well, I mean, we should we're, I Brentford. We're, we're on 19 points. They're on 2 <laughs> come on yeah. but I'm going to go with 1-1 and I think we'll we'll go 1-0 down and we'll snatch a draw yeah. in the last minute Callum Wilson will, will get, us a, get us a point from that game would
2: any part of you be content with a draw
1: no no, no so it's so a must win because yeah. we're in a predicament now where we're in a relegation battle whether we like it or not Yeah, we shouldn't be because this team is vastly better than the one we had last year we've kept the yeah. nucleus of the side we've brought in a goal scorer now but we're worse <laughs> I,
2: I don't understand how at all. No. The, the thing is, if we do beat them, which we should, neither of us think we will, but we should, we're on 22 points after 17 games. I know. It's, it's... Like, that would be quite a gap on relegation. So it, it's so huge. It, I'm very worried, to be honest. Because yeah. then it's Arsenal after that, then Leeds, then Everton, and I can't see us getting much out
1: of them. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, if we do lose to Sheffield United... I don't see, I mean, I've said this multiple times, I don't see how Bruce can come back because of the running yeah. we've got after as well. I mean, Leeds will beat us. There's been a lot of talk about Bielsa and their tactics and the amount of yeah. goals they can see, but Leeds will be a side a lot similar to Newcastle where under Benitez, where, yes, they'll lose to the top six sides, but mm-hmm. they will beat the teams around them comfortably.
2: Yeah, and I think their style of high energy just absolutely walks all over us. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, stylistically, they're a nightmare for us.
1: Well, I will not, Aren't fit enough, anyways. You know that—that's the big difference between Leeds and Newcastle. Is they don't stop running. We're mm. not after. John ho- Joe Shelby looked knackered and and you played about twenty minutes the other day. No, oh, no. Well, the blame the the groin injuries recovering from, but yeah. I expect to see him and back on. It's on always Saturday. an injury with John Joe, isn't it? Well, the midfield in general is something I think we have to improve and a good time to improve it, of course, <laughs> is the January transfer window where, shockingly, Newcastle and Steve Bruce will have zero money to spend that has been reported. We are looking at the loan market to bring a few players in and it looks yeah. like we're going to be looking from fellow Premier League clubs and the the, the cap you have is you only allow two loans Mm-hmm. From Premier League teams all season. A couple of names I've been seeing thrown around as of recent is Hamza Chowdhury from Leicester City. A character that's, let's just say, <laughs> well liked around these parts after his, yeah. uh, his crunching tackle on Matt Ritchie last season. But I think he's a player that I would be all for it. I think he'd be a bit of grit, and a bit of determination. Someone who is going to put a tackle in. It's something we need up here at the minute.
2: I don't mind him as a footballer, I think, but I think we've got that in Isaac Hayden. If we're going to get. If we've only yeah. got two lone players, I'd want and I want a midfielder who can do something that we don't already have. And I don't think that time's a chargery, in my opinion.
1: What Newcastle are trying to achieve is a bit of balance, really. I mean mm-hmm. yes, Hayden's a, a good defensive midfielder. Sean Longstaff is better as an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Matty Longstaff, I think he's too young to be playing week in, week out for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And similar with Shelby Shelby's not gonna be getting back. So if you are gonna set up in like the, the part the bus style that we do you need two battlers in centre midfield. I yeah. think Hamza would be would be quite quite a good fit.
2: I guess that's just me wanting us to try and change the way we play. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. That's the harsh
1: reality of, of, of yeah. what we are at the minute. Is we're not going to be nothing's going to drastically change overnight unless you know, yeah. the takeover does happen. But I wouldn't expect a conclusion on that no. until uh till the end of the season if we are still 2024, 2024 Yeah, <laughs> And we're still thinking about it's going to happen.
2: Uh, <laughs> Like I don't, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't be massively against it. But there's another lad at Leicester, not centre midfield, that I'd rather we took on loan, and that's Damari Gray.
1: Mm, okay.
2: Because he's apparently available, doesn't get a look in at Leicester. And I think we do need a centre midfield, but you only get one loan per Premier League team, I yeah. think. So you've got two total, but only one can be from a certain team. And I'd rather take Gray. He hasn't got a look in, but I think he's, there's a player in there. A um, bit of flair, bit of quality help us get up the pitch and obviously there's issues with Saint-Maximin, Fraser hasn't played at all, Almiron's not been in good form all season, I think that would be quite a smart move and could get him on, on a loan deal with and there's a the chance with an option to buy with him where there wouldn't be with Chowdhury.
1: Yeah, I've seen a thing about Damari Gray today actually that was uh, Marseille looking to, to bring him in yeah. on, on, a, on a free transfer so I think we'd struggle on that front but for me I, I wouldn't be... Going for Damari Grey, because I think we're no. I think we're full of wingers. I don't think we need any help going forward. I mean, once St back in a few weeks and Fraser finally gets back to full fitness, mm. I think we'll be okay. The priority for us is a midfielder, but I can yeah, sure. I can see what we need, and I think we're desperate for a full back. Brandon Williams mm. at Man United is is a player that's been touted around. I know Southampton tried yeah. today and Man United said no. Now that to me kind of says to me that Newcastle have, have got an agreement in place to, to bring him in. Steve Bruce has a very good relationship with Man United, as we did touch on before. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about Brandon Williams is, I, I know a lot of people aren't happy about it. I don't understand why. Yes, he's you know he's only 20 years old, but I tell you now, he'll probably be the best fullback at the club. He's a left-back who's right-footed, so he can operate left-back and right-back. We need a bit of versatility. And Jamal Lewis, as much as I think we all want him to do great things for mm-hmm. the club, it's not yeah. worked for him as of yet.
2: No. I think the reason why a lot of people maybe aren't too happy is because his name isn't Jetro Willems. Exactly, yeah. And I would be all for bringing Willems back. But the thing about Williams, I've seen... Because I've seen Will we him, i had a look at him, and I've seen a lot of people say that his best position is right-back rather than left-back. I think it's because he is, is right-footed, isn't it? Yeah. And I think if we get... A, a, if he is... I, I've seen him play a fair few times. I, I think he's quite good. I would definitely be all for getting him in. And if you, you've got him on. They can do both sides. I think that would be an absolute no-brainer. My only concern is there definitely won't be an option to buy thing in. So it's sort of the question, "Mm, what do you get out of it? I would much rather get a Jetra Willems back involved on a low fee and he's your player.
1: I mean, I don't care what anyone says. Any 20-year-old or 19-year-old kid that's made 17 Premier League appearances for Manchester United must be pretty good at football. Well, I imagine, yeah, I've got no you know, yeah. doubt about his ability. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's, he's a good player, but
2: I just we're not going to be able to get him on a permanent because we won't be able to afford him.
1: I think with, with Willems, though, would Frankfurt be willing to, to send him out on loan to us? Because I know they tried to offer him a new contract and he's turned around and said, no, he wants to come here. But And Aaron said it in a few podcasts ago, this club doesn't do sentimental things anymore. <laughs> no, we're a bit a we're point. we're a business at the end of the day, and we've got to look at his, his injury record and that sort of thing. But I was just thinking there, what, we, what Newcastle could do is loan Jetro Willems <laughs> to the rest of the season <laughs> and loan Brandon Williams, and we've got two fullbacks in. one can play right back. one can play left back. We can get whoever we're going to get in centre midfield. It looks like it's going to be Hamza Chowdhury, yeah, and, and all as well. But another thing with the with the transfer window is the centre-back situation. I mean, we loaned mm-hmm. Florian Lejeune out to Alaves mm-hmm. with the proviso that we were signing Rob Holden. And Rob Holden yeah. fell through at the last minute and we were short of a centre-half. So are Newcastle going to recall Lejeune or are we going to go for someone like Phil Jones who has been talked about for quite a while, it seems, that Newcastle are quite keen to... And Steve Bruce wants to kind of give him his opportunity to yeah. rekindle his career almost.
2: Well, with the the loan rule that you're only allowed to from the Premier League, it makes a hell of a lot more sense to get Lejeune back involved. Yeah. The Lejeune one is strange. At the time, I thought it was a good decision because of his injuries and go get some football in a less intense league. Yeah. But then when you don't get Rob Holding in, it's almost a bit like, oh, we're a bit, we're a bit short now. So it's a strange one. But I would rather get Lejeune back than get a Phil Jones in.
1: And it wastes one of your, your quota as well. What do you think about Phil Jones? Because I've I was looking at Johnny Evans the other day, and I mean I think Phil Jones and Johnny Evans kind of come through at the same time at Man United, and they were kind of seen as like oh they're, mm-hmm. they're rubbish defenders. And then you know Johnny Evans went to Leicester, and he looks he's quality, he's a quality defender. So is it one of those cases where he's playing for a big club and then goes to a lesser side like us, and he's actually very very good?
2: It it could well be. Um, it's it's like that a lot. If you go for quite a big fee, which he did at the time, yeah, to a to a. I suppose, top six club, and you make a few mistakes, you become a laughing stock. That's
1: well, take like Harry Maguire, isn't it?
2: That, we, that's what I was about to say. We've seen it with Maguire. Maguire's a very good defender, but he's made a few mistakes, and all of a sudden he's seen as, what, bang average or well, something? yeah. Whereas when he was at Leicester, he was unreal. No, he probably made the same mistakes when he was at Leicester. They just didn't get scrutinised. And Phil Jones probably the same applies. It's not massively... That I think he's a terrible defender. That I wouldn't want him on loan. Like he's he's an all right player. Yeah. You don't get signed by Sir Alex Ferguson play so many times for him if you are awful.
1: Well, yeah, exactly.
2: But I do think there'd be other areas we should look to strengthen.
1: I mean, his best days are behind him with the one. But that's the thing. I mean, the Sir Alex Ferguson days were over. You know, early yeah. in the 2010s, really. So I mean, I think I think it'd be a decent signing. I think we do need another centre half because I don't trust the fitness of. Uh, the likes of Shaw and Clark, who are known to, to pick up a knock now and then, Lascelles yeah. is, is another one. You know, Fernandez, I think, twenty nine or thirty now, he's going to pick up injuries. So I think the best thing for the club to do would be to recall Florian Lejeune, But I know Newcastle have never really been a football <laughs> club that are keen to recall lone players. I don't think they've yeah. ever done it.
2: Well, is there even a clause in the contract? Do we know? Because
1: no, don't know. <laughs> we might not be able to. No, we might not. I think going into a
2: transfer window where you know the. The best signing you can possibly make is signing a lad from another Premier League club who isn't good enough to play for them. It's not going to be the best transfer window.
1: No, I mean um, the one consolation is that the rest of the Premier League is kind of in the same boat. I know Arsenal yeah. can't, they can't afford to bring players in. They've said they're not, yeah. they're not going to be signing many players. I think there's a lot of football clubs. I mean, West Brom are looking at Robert Snodgrass and Andy Carroll, so it could be worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I seen an article a few days ago relinking us to to Bentaleb. so. <sighs> I mean, as long as that doesn't no. happen. Tell
1: you what, though, it could happen, you know.
2: It it really could because, because. I guarantee we will not be paying the full wages because Schalke will just want to get rid of them.
1: Well, if we loan a centre half and a full back,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we can't loan another midfielder unless we're loaning them from elsewhere from yeah. abroad. You, no, I don't want to you, be a you leg can back. just
2: see it happen. You yeah, just can't see it happening though, can't you? You can't. You can't.
1: <laughs> So, if you had to put your money on on two players signing for us on loan, this transfer window, who would it be? I'm going to put you on the spot here.
2: <laughs> well, who do I want or who do I think?
1: Both. Let's do a want and then a think. Right. Realistically, um, of course, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God.
2: Want, I'll go with Willems as a full-back and not Williams, just because you save a quota. Yeah. But the, the thing is, though, I'm thinking now, I don't know a n- name of another centre
1: midfielder. <laughs> well that's who's available so that's the thing isn't I'll it I'll go
2: Chowdhury I've just said I don't think we should sign him but I'll, I'll say Chowdhury and then who else to get involved or oh, get Williams in as well
1: yeah I, I, I like that I think I would go with the same with like Brandon Williams and, and Jet Rowe and then bringing Hamza sure Chowdhury but I've seen a, a bit of talk the day I think it was in Sky Sports of that um, was, was Newcastle and Steve Bruce turned around and said you know it's it's easier said than done bringing in these players yeah. because there's not a lot of money going around a lot of clubs are looking for loans and it's trying to prize them here I mean mm-hmm. what Newcastle have, I mean it's unbelievable to think that Newcastle do actually struggle to get players to come all the way up to the North East yeah. and and, and sign for them. I think Hamza chowdhury. He'll know about the abuse the Newcastle fans give him. Yeah. He'll know yeah, where he got booed booed in St James's Park. Is he really going to want to come and play for us ahead of another fellow Premier League side, i.e., like a West Ham or a Southampton? I'm sure he'd rather go there.
2: Potentially, potentially, yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's no fans in, so he's not going to get any stick. And I think with Newcastle fans, as soon as you're wearing the black and white, it's kind of forgotten. A oh yeah. Bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I the abuse Jack Colback would have gotten a Sun and Shirt and then he came to Newcastle and for about a season. He was some sort of hero. He got in the England squad, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that was a weird time. Um yeah, I I would take Chowdhury but I'd I'd like to think there's an option that suits us what we need more. Yeah, I know it. what you mean. Like in the summer I think we missed the trick not getting loftus cheek, but then I suppose he hasn't had to move house and are paying over a hundred grand. Yeah, it's, it's the wage is never it? gonna happen.
1: I Think one thing about Chowdhury though is he won't be on that much money. I can't imagine You wouldn't him. you wouldn't think so, no. I think Leicester are quite a suave club in the way they operate and mm-hmm. I don't think they would be giving Hamza Chowdhury like sixty, seventy grand a week. I imagine he's on quite a modest wage. I mean yeah. he's not gonna be skint. No <laughs> He's Premier League footballer, no. but I don't think he'd be on He'd be on mega money.
2: I'd I'd swap wage with him.
1: Oh, yeah, happily. I'd I'd (laughs) happily do what Hamza Chowdhury does. But I think that's a good way to to wrap up the podcast today. Um, Happy New Year, by the way. We've not said, you know, we've not recorded since before Christmas. So I hope you did have a good time. But uh, this has been Tiny Warp brought to you by Vavil UK. Please make sure you do check out uh, the website for our comprehensive coverage of Newcastle United, as well as the Premier League, the EFL, and the Cup games we've got coming up the weekend. So um, from me and Dan, thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you all next time.
0: 18 plus.